1957 movie review paths of glory this is number two in my top 10 it's directed and written by stanley kubrick uh screenwriters jim thompson uh and it's from a novel by humphrey cobb cinematography by george kraus uh and the cast kirk douglas in the leading role as colonel dax ralph meeker plays corporal paris Adolfo Menger plays General George Brulard. Uh, George McCready is General Paul Miro. Wayne Morris plays Lieutenant Roger. Jo- Joe Turkle is Private Anu. Kem Dibbs plays Private Lejeune. And Private Farrell is played by Timothy Carey. Other notables. Uh, the German singer is played by Christina Christian Kubrick and the priest by Emil Mayer and a very short film uh, 86 minutes and it was the first real really uh, well-funded film that uh, Kubrick was responsible for his previous two efforts he basically made the movie on a shoestring uh, but he was well funded on this one, largely due to the presence of uh, Kirk Douglas, who was a huge movie star and was very, very uh, committed to the project. And uh, although they didn't always see eye to eye on the set, um, he was very committed to this idea of uh, doing a movie about the First World War some historical uh, background then um the movie starts off with a narration uh explaining the the historical perspective on the world war one uh starting in 1914 and uh we arrive at point two years in where the uh french and german armies are camped in uh, after uh, two years of slaughter, uh, which has achieved very little reward in terms of uh, advancing their forces. Um, they are uh, put in the, in the trenches, uh, and their ability to make any progress uh, is virtually. A matter of yards and this has been this stalemate has been going on for two years and we reach a point where we then uh, meet the French generals in some salubrious uh, palace who are discussing what they ought to do about it and it, uh, Brulard uh, basically presents the political uh, picture to uh, Miro, that they must uh, lead an assault on the anthill, which is the position held by the Germans uh, in this uh, part of France. And uh, Moreau' immediate reaction is to say that this is going, could be impossible, uh, is impossible to achieve. And however, Brulard dangles a sort of 
uh, promotion uh, in front of him as a carrot. And uh, Moreau agrees uh, to the uh, assault on the hill the following morning. We then move on to uh, Moreau's discussion with Dax and uh, a very similar conversation takes place at the start with Dax uh, pleading with the general that any idea of making any progress through an assault would only lead to a massive loss of life and absolutely no chance of success. Now, in, in contrast to the first discussion, Moreau tries to undermine uh, Dax's credibility, suggesting that he may well be uh, overtired and threatens to withdraw his command. Uh, Dax's loyalty to his uh, men uh, provokes his reaction and saying that he will attempt to carry out the order of uh, getting the anthill under French command, even though he realises that this is a fruitless task. So there we are. We have the basic groundwork laid out uh, as to what, what is going to happen next. The film then moves to the, uh, the front line and uh, we witness first uh, Moreau visiting the front line, looking at no man's land and making uh, statements to the effect that he's seen far worse positions and that it should be uh, well within the capabilities of the men to take the anthill. Um, we then uh, uh, get uh, a period where a surveillance team goes out the night before to uh, check on the positions of the Germans. Three men, uh, they include uh, Private Lejeune, uh, Private Arnoux and Lieutenant Roger. And uh, it quickly becomes evident, even though it's pitch black, that uh, they're walking in into hell on earth. And Roger hangs back allowing the other two to go ahead and uh, he basically retreats to the trench and uh, Lejeune is lost, uh, assumed dead, as uh, Arnu returns uh, in haste uh, under a hail of bullets. This, uh, this uh, uh, scene is quite significant in terms of what happens further down the line. We then get to the day of the uh, assault and there's some tremendous uh, footage of uh, Dax walking through the trenches trying to get the morale up of the men before they charge on the position. Uh, the camera uh, follows Dax <coughs> and of course he uh, then signals the advance through the whistle but it's, um, it's some tremendous footage by Kubrick and one of the uh, high moments of the movie once the assault starts within minutes it uh, and the footage of the actual charge is absolutely outstanding in terms of cinematography. 
but absolutely desolate in terms of how quickly the troops are cut down uh, in a hail of artillery from the Germans and um, it's brutal to say the least and uh, within a short period of time uh, some of the uh, men start to retreat as does Dax and uh, escape although the losses are um, immense whilst they are uh, involved in this uh, uh, assault uh, Miro is uh, viewing the activity from the safety uh, and he witnessing what he sees as cowardice uh, he then uh, issues instructions to another part of the battalion the second wave to start firing on his own men uh, the, this leads to the uh, corporal uh, refusing to do that on the basis that he must receive it in writing um, what then follows is uh, the attack is clearly a disaster and Moreau issues an order to uh, interview Dax about the, uh, the defeat. What follows next is the uh, meeting between Dax and Moreau where Moreau is uh, lambasting the fact that the, uh, the troops didn't fight and ran off. Dax defends them based on the uh, uh, position which was hopeless and we then get towards a discussion with the senior uh, 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 members of staff regarding how many people will be sacrificed via a court-martial. Um, it starts off at hundreds and eventually comes down to three. Three are chosen. Uh, one is chosen uh, uh, because he's considered an undesirable. That uh, uh, is Ferrol, uh, Private Ferrol. Arno is chosen uh, because uh, he unfortunately uh, picked the wrong lot and uh, Paris uh, is chosen by uh, Roger because uh, Paris uh, witnessed the uh, loss on the reconnaissance of the said uh, soldier. So these three are selected to uh, go for the court-martial. Dax insists, because of his legal training, to be uh, their representative. And it's held in a sublubrious palace uh, and it becomes a complete farce uh, as the, uh, the military court is unwilling to hear any evidence that uh, regarding the three individuals, uh, the facts are distorted uh, and it's clearly a sham 
and the three men are found guilty of the offence of cowardice in the face of the enemy. We then move forth to uh, the debate about uh, how uh, these men want to die. It's a very, very intriguing part of the movie uh, as we listen to the two discussing should it be uh, from a bayonet or from uh, a machine gun and all it, it indicates the the state of mind of these people now uh, the three men are placed in a cell the night before the execution and uh, what takes place is a priest uh, arrives uh, and this provokes outrage uh, from uh, one of the uh, three uh, Arnu sorry Paris is uh, exceedingly agitated uh, at how the priest assumes that they're all going to fall into line with regard to religious belief and he, he ends up having a, a confrontation uh, with uh, uh, Arnu and what then happens is that uh, one of them has to be carried out on a stretcher following a fractured skull following the, the uh, assault. Uh, so this is another aspect that we will, I will refer to again as we get to the actual uh, execution. I did find that one particular scene very illuminating um, when um, two of them were discussing the, uh, the fact that death was imminent and... Uh, it involved um, them seeing uh, one of them seeing a cockroach, and saying that that cockroach um, is going to be alive in the morning, to, and will be a, a, a able to be a part of the, my family's life. And at which point, uh, Faro uh, uh, actually crushes the uh, the cockroach and says well at least you're better off at the moment than the cockroach and this <laughs> i found uh, very tragic lieutenant roger is selected by dax to be responsible and and coordinate the uh, execution by firing squad uh, and he's very reluctant to do this but he's ordered um, of course, Roger, uh, responsible for selecting Paris, uh, wanting to eliminate him in case there's any future problems about his behaviour uh, on the reconnaissance patrol. Um, the um, Arnu is brought out on the stretcher uh, along with the other two and uh, we witness the uh, uh, firing squad uh, and it's quite graphic to say the least. Um, we then shift to a meeting that Dax has 
with uh, the senior uh, colonel, uh, Colonel uh, Bourard, where Dax uh, divulges to him the incident regarding him, uh, Murrow instructing uh, an an officer to uh, fire, order the troops to fire on their own men. And uh, Brulard takes on board this information and it's clear uh, that later uh, he then uh, basically uh, demotes Miro and uh, justice as such is uh, carried out to a limited extent. We then uh, reach the final uh, episode where Dax leaving uh, the uh, general he then uh, comes across this bar and we witness uh, French troops in there getting uh, drunk uh, by the minute and the final uh, scene where the young German waif uh, sings uh, this song uh, to the troops uh, this famous song uh, the little hussar um, which is in complete contrast of course to the music that opens the movie which is the French national anthem the Marseillaise and it's it's an absolutely uh, r- riveting conclusion because it, it brings the French uh, troops in the bar to tears and uh, then we get the final credit. So, uh, basically, uh, what have we got? Well, this movie sends us on a journey into the politics of war, but maybe more importantly, enables us to see the way that Kubrick was going to revolutionise cinema, to try to decipher the simple message of the futility of war and how the elite make decisions to sacrifice soldiers at the front is in, itself, is in itself provocative for its time. It, this was uh, the 1957. But the final sequence when the squaddies hoot and taunt and verbally abuse the young German wife as she's presented to the loyal French soldier as a symbol of entertainment when day in, day out, they have been constantly woken up with the image that all things German are to be destroyed. Well, this is, is a, a message that uh, reflects um, Kubrick's uh, message regarding how he views uh, war. Okay, we can spend time analysing the obscenity of the court-martial and how the absurd notion that this will galvanise the troops on the front line to fight harder. But as a war film, it stands the test of time, and clearly we can see where Kubrick moved on to with Full Metal Jacket. Douglas is a tour de force, showing us uh, the contrast in loyalty to his troops and his sincerity in fighting with what he believes to be true, contrasted with his repugnancy at the senior elites uh, lack of insight and some of the footage is quite remarkable 
the walk through the trenches before he blows the whistle. Uh, the hopeless clause. And this is clearly used again uh, by Malik in A Thin Red Rhyme. It's also remarkable that the firing squad scenes presented so viciously for its time as one of the accused is positioned on a stretcher so he can receive his just penalty. This movie laid down a benchmark for the genre following the indulgent hero war movies after the Second World War uh, that epitomised post-war Hollywood. And it really did change, change the whole perspective of how we view war in cinema. Thank you very much, Stanley Kubrick.